0: So this is the inaugural first banter laden episode of the Cigar Snob podcast. In the first podcast, we had an interview with um, Hamlet Paredes from uh, Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, who made Tabaquero, and uh, now most recently the what is it twenty fifth year twenty fifth year it? yep. So in this episode, uh, we have people from the Cigar Snob crew. To talk about some of the news of the day and cigars and other things from our personal lives that you might be privy to if you were our friends and now you are through this podcast. Welcome to the friend zone.
1: (laughs) Uh, What's going on, guys? So
0: I am I am Nick Jimenez, the senior editor at Cigar Snob Magazine. I'm joined by Eric. Yep. Eric Calvino is the editor in chief and publisher of the magazine, and Ivan Ocampo. What's up, people? Ivan is our photo producer, art editor, director of stuff, director of stuff, and casting, and fashion, and shirt acquisition, and all kinds of uh, <laughs> shirt
2: acquisition. Crucial. By the way, you're wearing a nice one today.
0: I am wearing a nice one. I got this T-shirt at uh, I think it's pronounced Sue George. Oof! Uh, the Brazilian guy you from uh, from fancy. Steve Zissou from the Life Aquatic. Very nice. Did a cover concert of Bowie songs. So uh, we're gonna start. On the topic of Eric and Ivan's recent trip to Italy, if you uh, if you've had a chance to look over the most recent issue of Cigar Snob magazine, you know that the travel story all centers on a photo shoot that the two of you guys did in Italy. So, uh, tell us a little bit about that trip, and
1: and what were some of the the highlights for the two of you? It's Eric and Ivan's excellent adventure. Ooh, basically, no, it. Uh, so yeah, it was a behind the scenes of the of the most recent photo shoot or photo shoots. Took weeks to plan. A lot of people involved. Uh, just an incredible shoot, and uh, and the adventure is all laid out in the in the uh, in the travel story. So, what do you think about it, Ivan?
2: Oh, I think I think it was great. We had a great sponsor, so General Cigar sponsored. Awesome. Our shoot, we had uh, you know was, great weather. Yeah. We had great hosts while we were in Italy. Uh,
1: the Renaissance, Tuscany, the Renaissance, right? Renaissance Tuscany. Outstanding. I mean, you can great. Read about place. it in the
2: issue, but I mean, it was a beautiful, beautiful exciting trip
1: yeah and then Cinque Terre the uh, the scenes there if you you're looking for the spelling of that Cinque is C-I-N-Q-U-E Terre T-E-R-R-E but check that out google that the views from that place are just incredible uh highly recommended uh everything we did was fun Bologna the food was crazy you know, we always have, like, bolognese. You always hear, like, uh, pasta bolognese. Mm-hmm. I went to where that stuff is made. Holy crap, food was just amazing.
0: How, how close is the bolognese that somebody has maybe who's never been to Italy
1: to what you had, uh, the bolognese cuisine that you had uh, in Italy? So, first off, the pasta is always fresh pasta. And it's usually, when you're having the bolognese, it's usually a tagliatelle. Typically, you can have it with anything, but... Uh, that's what seemed to be the, the norm there. And every place makes their own pasta, the places I went to. Uh, and then the other thing is there's no red sauce in the Bolognese, which here typically you have Bolognese sauce and it's got some, some red sauce in it, some tomatoes. They don't, it's all a meat based sauce. So that, that was a a difference. But also my host out there in Bologna was, was a friend of mine, Fabrizio Lazzarini, who owns a, a small restaurant out there in the country, but uh, his mom cooks, and it was just outrageous. The restaurant, it's called uh, Bar Al Trattoria, Trattoria Al Botteguino. That's what it's called, Trattoria Al Botteguino. It's in a small town called Botteghino di Zocca, and just un- unbelievable food. I- I've been dreaming about that food since we left. Yeah, so. I know in this uh, in this last issue, um, not this one that we're talking about now, but the one before, we had an interview
0: with Domenico Vaca, the uh, fashion designer from who's from Italy, uh, and he mentioned that the Italian food in Italy, even being in New York, was one of the things that he missed the most. That, you know, he's, he's just not really acclimated to the the heavy on the red sauce thing. Although he did say that um, the one thing he pointed, I forget whether this made it into the Q&A in the magazine or the, the profile. <clears throat> but he did mention that the, uh, the one Italian-American thing that he's fallen in love with is meatballs. No kidding. Somehow meatballs hooked him. But other than that, he's uh, always jonesing. What about you, Ivan? Any uh, any highlights? I know you stayed there for a little bit longer.
2: Well, as far as the food front, I'm of much simpler taste. The coffee, bread, and wine for me, yeah. is above all the best that I've had. And I like Carabas here in the United States, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't ask for much.
0: So how about this? Just to bring it back to our bread and butter of cigars. Given the coffee you guys had and the food that you saw was common. If you're packing cigars for that trip, what
1: profiles are you are you going over there for pairing purposes? So, for, well, first, before you even get to the pairing reason, first they mostly have Cuban cigars there, mm. in, in terms of what you can buy in a store. They they do have some Nicaraguan brands and some Dominican brands, but they're they're a lot less common. So, don't pack any Cubans because you'll be able to buy them over there. Is is number one, and then number two, I think that anytime you're having those big uh, Tuscan wines like we had, like the Brunello de Montalcino and and Barolos. and Barolos from the Piemonte region. Whenever you're having those big Italian wines, you definitely want a cigar that's gonna stand up to it. So I do like uh, smoking Nicaraguan cigars. I like the Oliva Serie V with with the uh, with those wines. I like the uh, AJ Fernandez like a Sanletano or a New World with those heavy Italian wines. Those are the things I like with those wines. How about you?
2: We drank some prosecco too. So the oh, lighter we drank cr- Francia Corta and well, French yeah. Corta. so the Connecticut's did you know the too? Connecticut's and the lighter stuff like some of the Fuente Angel share stuff and uh, even yeah, just- H2K from my father was excellent.
1: Yeah, but it's tough to find something that those yeah. things don't pair with. They're yeah. so freaking good. So speaking of what to pack for the trip, uh, Eric, you wrote the story.
0: And one of the things that you mentioned in the story is how people were dressed. There's a, a scene that you're sort of painting there about how impeccably dressed people were. Yes, how, yes especially in the north. Yeah, how how, um, how well prepared do you think you were to blend in? And if you had it to do over again, would you, uh, would you go out and, and look for some more
1: Italian-y stuff? I'd probably change my shoes. I think that's where I was, where I was lacking. You know, like over here we wear sneakers, we wear, you know, we wear sort of casual dress shoes. Over there they take it very seriously. If you don't mind looking like the tourist, which is fine, we we most of the time look like tourists. That's okay. But if you're trying to blend in, yeah, go get yourself a, a good pair of Italian shoes. The clothes they they, they all they all look so good. <laughs> it's like everyone's thin. Everyone wears this tight-fitting clothes. I am not the thinnest cat, so the tight-fitting clothes I struggle with. Uh, so that's why I go with shoes. I think shoes make uh, <laughs> make yeah. it work for me. I kind of like your Chevy Chase
2: vacation look that you had going yes, on. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh,
1: that was total. fucking But yeah,
2: the uh, colorful sports jackets and blazers that everybody had really stood out and made everybody look sharp, so...
0: So uh, we're going to shift gears here to what we're smoking. We've been smoking uh, this cigar since just before we turned on the mics. We are smoking the Undercrown Sungrown, which before we get into our uh, personal thoughts on this, I'll I'll give people listening a little bit of background. This is a a pretty recent release. It's uh, from Drew Estate, Ecuador Sumatra Seed Sun Grown Wrapper. Uh, the Binders Connecticut River Valley stock-cut cured sun-grown Habano, complementing a powerhouse blend of Nicaraguan premium fillers, which that I am is from reading their website, directly right? from their <laughs> press release. Uh, we're smoking the Bellicoso, right? Yes. This is a 6x52, comes in boxes of 25, blended by Willie Herrera, who is somebody who readers of the magazine are, I imagine, very familiar with, those who, who read it for the
1: articles. Uh, (laughs) so uh thoughts thoughts on this i I love it i like the cigar from the second we tried it at at ipcpr i think it's it's creamy it's got just a a little bit of pepper it's got a good cedar base i think uh i love it uh that cream cedar pepper combination always works and and Willie's that's kind of like right in his wheelhouse you know
0: the the cedar is what stands out to me uh, outside of the things with willie's name on them that's not something that you necessarily expect mm-hmm. from Drew Estate. And so it's kind of a cool, you know, change of pace from, I don't know how you, but just the, the core Drew
1: Estate, not sure. tied to Willie's identity lines. And it's well, sort of, even just the Undercrown line as a whole, right? right. Except yeah. for the Shade and the Sungrown which are the two newest. <clears throat> you know, the, the Undercrown has that, that very heavy, broadleaf leaf uh, sort of sticky, sweet taste uh, and this is a complete departure from it. If you're thinking wh- where this cigar sits, I think it's, you know, take take the Undercrown and scrap it completely, and go go with the Herrera Teli, and then move it more towards uh, towards the under crown, and that that's kind of where you're at with Strength this. Strength wise, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I think it's medium to full, so with a little bit of pepper, but it's yeah, cream. And it's soft. Yeah, it's it's a,
1: not it's uh, it's not an overbearing pepper, so it's very creamy. I think cream and cedar are two things that jump out for me on this cigar. You concur in there, Ivan? Concur. Cool. What'd you smoke over Thanksgiving? I smoked a Serie Vilancero that I love. I, I smoked that uh, on the holidays a lot. I like that cigar. And I also smoked an Angel Share. Uh, that Those were my two Thanksgiving Day smokes. Right. So, Angel Share, sorry. That's the Opus X uh, Fuente Opus X Angel Share.
2: I had a Davidoff Yamasa, and I think that's all I had time for. Yeah, cause you were you fried a turkey, what'd you do? We uh, we roasted the turkey, but I had uh, 22 people over, so that's my record so far. Oh, um, and you hosted. And I hosted, yeah. So I had a bunch of people over, uh, doing a lot of cooking, cleaning Lucky up. Lucky to get one cigar uh, in. Got one in at the end, that's about <laughs> it.
1: I was hanging out, we, we, we hung out at my mom's house, which is what we do every year, and yeah, I, I was not doing any hosting, so I was just drinking and smoking. Yeah.
0: How about yeah. you, Nick? I went um, the uh, Davidoff Series R, the, the 702 Series. Um, Sweet. The a little corona. corona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was uh, it was a smaller Thanksgiving than usual. We have... Uh, my dad has... He's one of 10 siblings, but most of them were, were out of town for this one. So, uh, condensed version of the Jimenez um, family gathering, which is kind of a welcome break. So, what me. does a condensed version look like? In Condensed version is like 25 people. There you go. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Where... When it's big time, full blown Jimenez, uh, <laughs> we're talking somewhere in the 100s, hundred twenty five. Wow. Good lord! Range too many people. That's a too many game. people. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Do you guys have? Did you cook any of your? Th- I, you, I know that you mentioned that you roasted, but did right. you roast turkey? Or did you have some other contribution to the to the menu?
2: No, yeah, we did the whole menu. So uh, roasted turkey, but we did have people bring over sides. So. We do the Cuban Thanksgiving at my house, so we brought over uh, yuca, uh, black beans, rice, uh, plantains. Um, Which is something that
0: I, I, I'd be curious to know how many of the people listening to this are going to be familiar with. The Cuban Thanksgiving, right? Which yeah, is, black beans and rice, yuca yeah. with your turkey. Just general, yeah. It's generally just your your New Year's Eve meal, swapping mm-hmm. out the pork swapping for the turkey. Swapping out the That's pork. If, if you're making a real effort to be less Cuban, you're swapping out the pork for the turkey. Yeah,
1: I think uh, at lately we've been getting you know the stuffing, getting into that stuffing and uh, sweet potato casserole, which was our contribution, along with my wife's pumpkin mess dessert. Uh, which I'm a huge fan of. What does that mean? Pumpkin mess. It's basically a pumpkin pie, but as like if you would, like thrown it against a wall, <laughs> mm, <laughs> and uh, yummy. It's freaking delicious because <laughs> it's all kind of mixed together. It's 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 awesome. You I, it's hard to describe, but aside from it, it, doesn't do pie crust. So it's pumpkin pie with like cake mixed in. It's just it's outrageous. Can't even describe it. It's so damn good. Where where did that come from? Is that is that it's a, a friend of hers? In front of hers, Laura. Make I think came up with that recipe years ago, and she's been making it for me ever since.
2: Nice. Shout out to Laura. Shout Laura out Payne. to Laura.
0: Also, Thanksgiving tradition probably not probably definitely a lot more common than uh, than black, beans, the, and rice? Than, than black <laughs> beans and rice than uh, the black beans and rice. What were your uh, your game notes from from the football games that you might have watched
1: over the Thanksgiving break? Well, uh, the Thanksgiving Day game was. Not very good. The Cowboys, right? Getting yep. beat. So that wasn't very good. We watched a little bit of that. But I it, talking about football, I can't talk about anything other than my hurricanes yep. getting beat. Uh or my fantasy football team getting
2: beat for the oh third week in a row. For what? Third in a row? Third in a row. I might be wearing a dress this year, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> are you on a are you on a streak or did you I'm on a losing streak? It's losing streak. A, yeah. yeah. a
2: dress every year? It's a dress, yeah. They dress you up like a chick. So <laughs>
1: yep. How sucks. many times have you worn the dress? Uh, once.
2: No, twice. I've worn it twice. But it always happens. I come out of the gate. Full steam ahead. I'm in first place. I don't get any waiver wire acquisitions, any fantasy football nerds out there. If You're with me. You're in first place. Don't get any guys. And then mid-year, your team is struggling. And that's where I'm at. So I'm stalling. I need a big comeback. We'll see what happens.
1: Throw in your uh, your recommendations to Ivan on who... What sleeper he should pick up? Yeah. Where should they do that? Or How should they communicate won't. with you?
2: Or where I should buy my blouse? <laughs> we may have to
0: get back in touch with Domenico Vaca for that one. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you brought up the uh, the Canes. They did lose, but all in all, there's still up, hope heading into the ACC championship game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got hope. we got a
1: big game on Saturday night. Big game against Clemson. It's gonna be tough. Clemson is a, a loaded team, so we'll see. Canes are coming in, hobbling a bit and uh, not feeling as good as they were feeling right before that pick game. But relative to, I mean, as a
0: as a diehard Canes fan mm-hmm. or diehard Canes fans, both of you, hobbling sure. hobbling is relative to this season. But in terms of how this season has looked compared oh, to as, what? this is good as it
2: got. So we're oh, just happy God, to God, get right. here. Yeah, we're it's so take...
1: happy. The freaking turnover chain is huge. I mean, the team's doing great. Uh,
2: I don't. I'm not exactly sure how many years we've been in the ACC, but this is the first time they reached the ACC championship game. Correct. When we first joined the ACC, and we I say we because I'm a big Miami Hurricane homer.
1: Yeah. But and you're a Golden we, Panther.
2: But I'm a Golden Panther. We, we thought we
1: were going to win that every year. We thought it was like, oh, okay. It'll for, be us and FSU every year. It hasn't been the case. Hasn't happened. <laughs> it
2: hasn't hasn't happened. been the case. Had a
1: run of shitty coaches, honestly. But we love so, Mark Richt. Love what the team looks like this year. Very happy.
2: I'm happy to be in the game. So...
1: Moving on
0: to some other things that are in the news in our outline for this uh, this podcast, I, I probably should have come up with another phrase to introduce this, but I'm going to run with the ongoing "sexy time" scandals. Oh boy! There's no reason for people to get their news from this podcast. I don't think that's I don't <laughs> no. think that's necessary. Not at all. Um, but but I would be interested to to get your thoughts on especially the the things going on in Congress because I think that's where it starts to. Uh, you know not that people should or shouldn't care about sexy time scandals but that is sort of where it starts to have ripple effects into everything else right where
1: well i think first some people are probably a little lost right now as to what you're calling yes sexy time right right.
0: so so everything ranging from from harvey weinstein which is where i'm sort of painting that as as having less direct impact on anything other than just like cultural views of Mm -hmm. of sex and what's appropriate and what's not and and all of that, and then on the other hand, and more recently, uh, the the more politically tinged things, right, with the Roy Moores and the, yep. uh, what's his name, John Conyers, who uh, I think also is being accused of using congressional staffing funds to pay for settlements.
1: Yeah. Um, That's just disturbing stuff, but uh, to me, right now, it just feels like like each side is, is dredging up stuff about someone on the other side, and it just... It's starting to become noise to me. I don't know if everyone else feels the same. Right, way. it's sort of like the ongoing politicization of everything. Yeah, and so you know, you you start to once they start talking about George Bush uh, in a wheelchair touching someone inappropriately, which was just ridiculous. David Copperfield. <laughs> David Copperfield. Uh, it it just seems ridiculous once you start doing that. Uh, you know, it starts to become noise. But then you hear one like you know Conyers, and you go, Jesus, this isn't noise, right? This right. is a this is a real problem, but I don't know. It's, it, it's been happening for so long.
0: And it's a difficult thing to talk about because so many of these things are just sort of like there's a, a huge element of hearsay to a lot of it. Yeah. And at some point, right, if enough people are coming out, you figure, OK, that sort of increases the likelihood. But at what point do you say you can't be a senator because too many people are accusing you of a thing? It's, I don't know. It, to me, it seems like a, a standard we wouldn't apply in a lot of other places. But then you don't want to not take it seriously either
1: i mean there's 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 talk uh, you know, I mean
0: as high as the president with with this kind of problem right so speaking of the president uh the president, aside from any sexy time scandals that people may want to bring up with him, has a far more entertaining feud going on with Lavar ball who, it's a twitter feed, feud, right? It's a Twitter feud, but I think it's becoming a snail mail feud oh. Lavar ball is talking about sending him a pair of his son's shoes, the zo twos so here's. Here's the question is,
1: if you're Donald Trump, how do you deal with LeVar Ball? And if you're LeVar Ball, how do you deal with Donald Trump? Well, I think LeVar Ball is winning no matter what here, right? Because whenever you're punching up like that, you're always going to win if the guy acknowledges anything. The only loser in all of this is Trump. I don't know if he cares.
2: He doesn't care. never decides to take the high road, and that's what he should be be taking with him. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah, the high road is not his uh, road of choice. (laughs) (laughs) But... I feel like we're getting too far into other... Yeah, Can yeah. we come back to this cigar? Sure. So, how do we feel... You know, things have yeah. calmed down a bit Yeah. To in me, terms of the cigar? Some of the cedar has faded for me. Yep, yep. It's maybe taken on
0: kind of like a leathery uh, character. but uh, and, and some of the pepper has faded too. So, it's, it's mellowed without... It's, it's changed. Which is something that, I, for me anyway, too often when cigars change over time, some of that change is unpleasant. This is just sort of, you know, it's, it's two different things that I've enjoyed in very different ways. So,
1: yeah, it definitely took a change, it took a turn. It's still very good in a different way. I don't, you know, I don't know if we have enough time in terms of uh, recording time, whether it'll change again. Uh, I, I do like it when a cigar makes that sort of second jump, yeah. uh, either back or in another direction. I do like it because they keep you entertained. Uh, Some people don't. Some people prefer their cigar to be consistent from beginning to end. That's usually me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like the changes. They keep me entertained as long as it changes to something good. And in this case, it has.
2: Yeah. I I feel like it stayed pretty consistent and the burn. I know nobody can see it, but my burn's been excellent. So the construction's impeccable on it.
1: Yeah. No doubt. Definitely, the construction has been perfect. Things that
0: were not perfectly constructed. The Justice League movie did not do well. Again, no need to so to get into some of that news, uh, but the, the story is in a nutshell. Uh, it cost something like five hundred million dollars to make and brought in under a hundred at the box office opening night uh, or opening weekend. Uh, which, when you consider where that puts it among other comic book movies, not a big deal. But people are talking about it as sort of like signaling. The death of of that genre. So my question is: Are you or have you ever been into that into that genre? And um, when you were kids, what were the what were the go to superheroes here? And what movie would be most
1: li- like? What character would be most likely to draw you to a theater to see something just for nostalgia's sake? That's that's a tough one. But just for a second on the Justice League, my kids. I have I have two boys. Yeah. This is like that that movie is marketed to them. They're eleven and nine. That is the perfect age for this kind of movie. They haven't, like, bugged me about going to see it, which tells me something. And they would have about other ones. Oh, they do all the time. I mean, uh, the Star Wars movies come out, they're immediately, let's go see it. They really, they mentioned it a couple times early on when it was being advertised, but they weren't even on top of it, like, it's being released, let's go see it. So that says something, just didn't resonate with their core audience. As far as what uh, superhero movies I liked as a kid, holy crap! I mean, when we were kids, was Superman was the thing.
2: Yeah, although Superman was uh, Batman, and
1: uh, you know. Yeah, but like our childhood, like let's say when we were twelve, mm-hmm. it was Christopher Reeve's Superman. That was that was it. Yeah, I, I mean, Superman is not. Yeah, I, I think for nostalgia's sake, I think that would maybe bring me back, but it'd have to be so well done that my kids would be into it. And I'd want to go back to it, right? So um, I don't know. for
2: nostalgia sake, not superhero related, but I'm dying to go see Blade Runner because I was oh. a big Blade Runner fan yeah. when it first came out. So I'm looking forward to seeing that.
1: You detoured this thing, man. You went, yeah, wow, no sorry. superhero, sorry, but no, very relevant. We're going with yeah, Brooklyn
2: yeah. Decker. Sorry, sorry, no, it's out now, and I'm, I haven't, I, I can't tell you the last movie that I went to go see in the in the theater. I, I steal all my. <laughs> My movies right now. Uh, what are you, out, the, the what, sorry, I you couldn't know. hear you. What? <laughs> Caught King Kong, pirate style this uh this oh, pirate weekend. Stop, stop, yeah. stop?
0: pirate style. I've but, been but, uh, of the Caribbean over
1: here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh yeah, I'm looking forward
1: for Blade Runner. No, so, what about what about? Wait, we have to talk a little bit about Stranger Things, right? Sure. Am I like just too late on that? Did, have we all finished I, it? Are you are you behind, Ivan? Uh, I'm behind.
2: I'm two episodes in on season two. so
1: I loved it. So I won't give you any spoiler on the, on the thing, but it's a, it's a kid's pseudo horror. So it always ends well, right? Right. Uh, so you know that. And, that. and that's what I tell my wife whenever she's gonna no, but I don't want to see the kids getting this and that, getting his body getting hijacked by some dimensional monster. Yeah. I don't know what you call that. I'm like, don't even worry about it. It's going to end well. But it's funny. There are I know multiple
0: people who like even adults who won't watch it because they think it will freak them out too much, and it's really more of like a sissies. There's that, <laughs> but it's sort of like a love letter to to Goonies and yeah, Stand by Me and ET, right? Yeah, yeah. Which the, the makers of the thing I think are they they grew up in the '90s, so it's it's kind of funny how people who grew up in the '90s, uh, myself included, identify with some of these '80s movies, and now everything just moves so quick. You know, you having kids who are uh, around 10 years old, I mean, what they're looking at now, it's not like before where they might identify with some of the same stuff as like, you know, they make an eight-year-old friend or a six-year-old friend. Okay, we're into some of the same stuff. Now, it's like the the generations in terms of media and what you're consuming and what you're into are a few years long. And and then it's a whole new crop of stuff that comes in. Anyway, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. No, I would recommend that up and down to whoever. Do we have any other uh, movie recommendations, especially from uh, Ivan's Pirate Booty? Uh, <laughs> uh, things that you would recommend really highly, like you got to go see this, or you definitely should not see this. I'll, I'll, you I'll, just watched Kong, called Skull Island.
2: Was, I was, right? Kong was it, Island. Uh, it was pretty good for the portion that I stayed awake
1: for. <laughs> oh, the effects are really the only thing about that movie that are worth watching. But uh, I, yeah, I thought the story was
0: weak. I was just at the movies to see. Three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, what the hell
1: is that, Nick? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's actually so. I, I had no idea what it was. I was bothering my wife. I don't know if you were talking about what you saw on no. your way to the movie yeah. or. We took a long drive to the movie yes. outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, I had no idea what it was. I was bothering my wife because I kept forgetting the name of it. So I, I was calling it uh, uh, A Few Street Signs North of uh, Kansas or sure. something like that. Um, Fair. But yeah, it, it's, it's like a sort of murder mystery quirky thing the second half was better than the first half but i think if you're into like wes anderson stuff uh especially the second half of the movie is is pretty solid who's
1: in that? uh woody harrelson woody harrelson plays a cop
0: in it oh okay uh and i'm blanking on the name of the but it's it's an ensemble cast uh the little guy from game of thrones isn't it Mm -hmm. um peter dinklage little Little, the little man, little mm-hmm. person. Okay. Is little man okay, or do you have to say person all the time in a good question. I think
1: that's a topic for the next podcast. I think that is. Yeah. We're going
0: to spend at least 15 minutes on that <laughs> in episode three. So before we close out, this is also recommendation stuff, but we're not it to movies.
1: What do we want to tell people who are closing out this podcast uh, that they should check out next? Right now I'm reading The Big Short. I know that again. I'm late as usual. Uh, I saw the movie. But I'm reading the book and I love it, love it. Also doing audio book or yeah, yeah. And uh, before that, I read the uh, or heard. I, I know it feels weird saying I read yeah. when I was listening to it in my car, but I had a couple of long drives, so I heard the uh, Gene Wilder um, sort of memoir called "Kiss Me Like a Stranger." I thought that was really good. Uh, if you're a fan of Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles and things like that, his insight and behind the scenes stuff about what was going on in the writing and and his relationship with Richard Pryor and all that stuff was was great. So I'd recommend that. It's called Kiss Me Like a Stranger.
2: Cool. So I know most of you guys here in the office know uh, my car was broken into this week. Uh, luckily for me, they didn't steal my golf clubs, but they did steal all of my sunglasses, which I keep in my car. So three, three pair. Three pairs. You need new wow. cigar snub sunglasses. So new cigar snub sunglasses, but I also <laughs> need a pair of golf glasses. So I went out and purchased a pair of Oakley Thin Link Prism sunglasses, which been, I haven't I've haven't. Been, for rec- those who don't know, is is our resident golfer. Golfer. So yeah. uh, they say it. They take ten strokes off your what your score. So I can't Can wait I buy to two receive. pair? That's Can I buy two pair? So we'll see. I haven't gotten them yet, but uh, I'm excited uh, to get them. I'm going to report back next episode on
0: on how many strokes it actually shaved off. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to recommend that people get on youtube and search the phrase japanese slippery stairs this was uh, it got some play on wait wait for
1: those of you that don't know nick is our resident youtube expert yeah
0: yeah there's uh there's a lot of a lot of youtube consumption happening on my on my laptop japanese slippery stairs is exactly what it sounds like it's a japanese game show uh, a group of maybe six japanese people in color coded jumpsuits do their best to uh, beat each other up a flight of very slippery stairs i mean and it's awesome it's it's great if you're into people getting hit in the nuts uh falling uh being very frustrated and having a whole studio full of people laugh at them japanese
1: slippery stairs is the way to go sounds good thank you nick Closing I really thoughts? Really appreciate that <laughs> no, I, I hope these guys enjoyed it yeah uh we want to keep this going i think you want to give a little i don't know did you describe what we were doing in the in the last one a little bit that we were mixing it up yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, this this podcast will be a,
0: a bit of a mix of, uh, you know, the, the sorts of things that you might expect to see in the magazine. So, like we said in the first episode was Hamlet Paredes, uh, an interview with him, and uh, we'll get into his history in the cigar industry and um, his blending process and all that. We'll do some of this sort of thing, and then we'll also do um, anything from reviews of products that might make sense to review in audio form to interviews with... Um, guys who are not just guys but people who happen to smoke but are not necessarily in the industry so uh you know we have some interviews lined up for this next issue of the magazine and we'll make sure to record those in a way that lends itself to this so if you're into the magazine if you're into that kind of variety of content this is a, a thing to subscribe to so cool and next week you're uh, you're doing boston yep we'll next be week. In, we'll be in boston next week working on the next issues travel story which i've never been to boston oh good I love be, I love Boston. This will be I'll be a Boston Boston virgin.
1: <laughs> well, anyway, if anyone listening uh, is out in Boston, how should they contact you to uh, give you a recommendation or yeah my, or meet uh, up with you out there?
0: My email is n Jimenez, so n j i m e n e z at cigarsnobmag.com. dot uh, you can email me recommendations on that or any other uh, story ideas you might have. Uh, And if you have feedback on this podcast or the magazine or anything else uh, that you might want read in the podcast or published in the magazine, you can get to us at feedback at cigarsnobmag.com.
1: All right. So that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks for joining us. All right.